Welcome to the Missouri Wind and Solar Podcast. I'm Wes Shank, your host. I'm here today with our co-host and general manager, David McDerris. Each week we review the latest, greatest happenings in wind and solar and how they will impact you and your alternative energy product projects. If you'd like more information about anything you've heard on the podcast, check out all of our educational resources at windandsolar.com, including links to over 300 of our YouTube videos. Actually, it's more than 300, but um, also... Feel free to reach out to our Seymour-based sales team at 417-708-5359. And you can also email them at sales at windandsolar.com. And if you really want to get in-depth, come and visit with David in his hands-on workshop in Seymour. And you can get all of those great details on our website, windandsolar.com. All right, David, we're here to introduce a new phrase today. I feel like Sesame Street, our (laughs) word of the day. We're going to talk about peak shaving. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with our beards. <laughs> Not today, anyway. So let's talk about that for a second. What do we mean when we say peak shaving to begin with? Peak shaving is a term that's used to describe reducing your need for the electrical grid at peak consumption hours. So A lot of electrical entities will have what they call peak rates, and those usually consist from 7 a.m. to like 11 a.m., and then from in the summertime, especially from 2 a.m. until 8 p.m., and they'll charge two different rates. And any other time of the day, they'll be, and I'm just making these numbers up here, let's just say that during the nighttime hours, they're at $0.04 a kilowatt hour on the off-peak production times our usage time. And then there again on the peak production times or the peak consumption times, which would be there again, early mornings and then late afternoons in the summer, they may be 11, 12 cents a kilowatt hour, maybe, maybe even up to 15 cents a kilowatt hour. So it's a lot greater, but that is when the most electricity is being taken from the grid. And that's, that's always been a thing in commercial. Yes. Always been a commercial. You know, you look at where you've got a big, a big manufacturing plant, like you know, over in Springfield, you got right. craft, you know, I'm sure that they have, they're very well aware that right, right. they yeah. have different rates for different, for peak usage. And yeah, a lot of times there again, at wintertime, it may be the nighttime hours that they're charging up because everybody's furnaces are kicking. Right. And so, and so that's why people, they'll tell you to dial back your thermostats and do all that. That's what peak, sh- so peak shaving is trying to eliminate the need for power consumption at those peak usage hours. I mean, so you're trying to shave away needing that to pull from that electrical grid during that time. We can do this by batteries. It's not just lithium batteries. It's not flood acid. It's any type of battery bank, any type of battery bank we can actually pull away that can be used with one of the most efficient ways to do that is to have an inverter that's actually on a timer that actually comes on time to eliminate that load during those times, Solark being one of them. Solark's got a feature that you can actually set what time of day you want it to come on and pull down that actual usage from the grid. So as long as there's enough energy in the battery bank, it will supply your home while that peak usage time is on. And so it can dramatically reduce your electric bill while doing that. And one of the neat things about this, and particularly with the Solark, I know, is that you basically come away with, I'm going to say this carefully, you've got the ability to be off grid. Correct. And so in a lot of those instances with a lot of the controllers that have been 
sold and placed over the years is that in this environment, if they lost power, right, you, you're out. You're you're out. You're out. Yeah. But if you're using the peak shaving with a solar arc, correct, you got your batteries there to begin with, so it can sense that loss. Yeah. Yeah, if you had any kind of loss, it would just automatically transfer over to the load box and just keep on running your loads as normal. And so a lot of this has come about as you're seeing more and more. I know we've already talked about this in the podcast before, but how net metering is yeah. really, I hate to sound dramatic, but it's under attack. No, it is. You know, it it's is. just the power companies, I think, are looking at this and saying, whoops, we, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't think everybody would take advantage of this. Yeah, it, it's it's being pushed to the point now that it's getting into the pocketbooks, and they're they're not going to allow it anymore. They're just they're well, going to scale back. They're not going to allow the level of credit, right? That right. They they're going to they're going to. Matter of fact, you know the one big one. Matter of fact, I think it takes an effect here this sometime this week is the NEMA three point oh, right? California, uh, which is California's. And I just saw, you know, we're a member of Mosia. And I think I saw something, I haven't read it yet, but I think Missouri is about to yeah, yeah come yeah. back and, and look at their net metering in Arkansas. We know Arkansas, Arkansas already, has. already yeah. doing that. Yeah. So I think this is going to be the tip of the iceberg on and that changing. And so. Yeah, because even taking peak shaving out of it, what it's going to force is if you had already had a fairly substantial install with solar your rates are going to be greatly reduced of what you're actually going to get back. And so the only way that you're going to be able to now offset this is via doing a battery bank where you're actually storing your energy. Instead of giving it back at a very low rate, you're going to actually have to store that energy. Yeah, you're going to keep it for yourself, and then you're going to actually use it in your home, only in your home. You're not going to send it back to the grid for it to be sold out to another consumer at three times the rate that they're giving you on it. You're going to actually keep that energy, use that energy. And that is, I really think that's, that's their overall aim to begin with, is they want people to start becoming energy self-reliant. Yeah, you know, self-reliant because, or, or islanding them. Right. They, they want to, I, because when you look at the amount of work that needs done on our power grid, I mean, Wes and I are all the time looking at different articles and, there's one article on there just that scares me out of my mind, and I won't even go into it, but it's the age of our power grid. Oh, yeah. Is just mind boggling. And to know that we are in the last 10% of that lifespan of that, I mean, and so I, that is what all these electrical entities are doing. They know that, I mean, they know this information because they're the one putting it out, and they're, they're knowing that they don't have the resources and funding right now to go out and change. Oh yeah. I mean, if you want the Dickens scared out of you and I don't, you know, Ted Koppel's book, is it, is it lights out? Lights out. out. You know, Koppel's not just some, you know, radical fear monger, but he's a well-researched book and he talks about, and when, you know, one of the things that is always stuck in my head from what he talked about was just some of the simple things like, some of the transformers that they have, oh, yeah. when they built them to begin with, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, they brought them in. They had to, the only way they could bring them in was on a rail car. Well, now those, even those tracks are gone. Yeah. There's no replacement. And, and it's just like you, not only could you, you know, there's no place that makes that transformer now hardly anymore, but even if you had one, you couldn't get you it couldn't there. Couldn't get it to it, and just some of that stuff. So I mean, it was really, yeah. And we wish they were just twenty years old. 
That's yeah. the issue. You know, 70% of our electrical grid is over 60 years old. Yeah. 60 years old. Average lifespan of the electrical grid that they thought was about 65 years. I mean, so we are right at, I mean, that's why I said 70% of our grid is within 10% of its lifespan being over. You know, that's a scary fact. I mean, I'm not saying it's all going to you know, shut down in the next five to six years. But just like we talked about in the podcast earlier about used cars, when you, in a different podcast there, a used car, all of a sudden you get it, the warranties ran out, it's 200,000 miles and the warranty's out and the transmission goes out. So you go and, well, the, everything else is still good, so I'll go replace the transmission. You replace the transmission, and as soon as you get it home, three weeks later, the water pump goes out. and Then it's the alternator goes out, and things just start failing. On And I've got a scenario that we had that on the farm with chains on some of our water tanks. They were all put in at the exact same time. And one so cha- they all failed at exactly. And so <laughs> one of our chains broke on this water tank. So we looked at it, and I said, well, maybe we should check the rest of them because it just allowed for two days water to just flow it coming out of a two inch pipe to just flow off the well. So really it cost our electricity. I mean, but anyway, so we go and check all the other chains. Every one of them were within days of coming apart. I mean, every, I mean, and so that's the scenario is everything. If it's designed the same, the lifespan is going to be very similar to the same as well. You know, not saying that there's not going to be some that's, greater than others there always is there's the outliers but for overall so it's a scary fact and that's what all of the electrical entities know this information and they're trying to now get people they don't want them to be out of power and so if they can get them to start islanding themselves having battery banks in themselves then they won't be out of power but that's going to take a little bit of work and that's going to take a little bit of investment from people yeah i mean to just kind of bring this back you know, to where we started, this is a great way to be almost pregnant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you get this in, if you've already got the bulk of your installation done, I mean, you're talking about possibly updating your inverter charge controller, right? Right. Yeah. And then adding some batteries. And yeah, you're probably already in a position where you could take some more efficiency from what the new, yeah. Yeah. new equipment is on the market. And then adding some batteries in, and you're kind of done. Yeah. I mean, then this is, you know, I hate to say it, but it's not your problem any longer. You've kind of positioned yourself for success. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll be one in a hundred, you know, and I hope I'm right in that statement that one in a hundred people do it. So, but yeah, you'll be positioned where, you know, the tragic happens, you know, at least you have a source of, you know, even if you didn't go all the way, right. I mean, if you didn't go all the way, with a battery bank large enough to do your, but six days of autonomy, you could, some of, some of the creature comforts in life that we just think that are now a foregone deal is being able to keep food cold and refrigerated and not have to, you know, learn how to re-salt meat and dry meat. And, you know, it's just being able to keep stuff fresh in your refrigerator. It's being able to get clean water out of your well. I mean, it's, it's certain things like that is really where, you know, and so, and the rest of it's just luxury items. I mean, it just becomes more and more luxury. And you can build that bank, though. Wes can sit right here beside me. He can attest to it. I mean, they live 100% off grid, and I've been to their house. They don't live in a cave and, you know, with candles and lamps. And, you know, now it's very comfortable. They live as everybody else lives. I mean, there is nothing that's changed. You know, they just did it correct from the beginning and made sure everything was efficient. And 
So anyway. So, so yeah, if you want to check out Peak Shaving, just reach out to any of our sales team. They can help you with that. They can work with you on your existing products, see what you've got, and help you come up with a plan to come back in and maximize those dollars that you, you know, if you did this to begin with, you were probably already looking to at the financial side of the solar and making sure and uh, peak shaving is something that can bring you back into the, the positive on that. So, That's right. Anything else on that, David? That's it. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for downloading and listening to the podcast today. If you have a question you'd like to hear us discuss on the podcast or just want to say hello, email us at radio at windandsolar.com. As always, check out our store at windandsolar.com and buy some stuff. Your financial support underwrites our educational outreach like the podcast, YouTube channel, and local STEM collaboration. It also keeps Lucy and her doggy chicken treats. Thanks again for listening.